All right, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and first lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So, I have on your handout the review. Let's see. What are the two things that I must acknowledge about my heart? What are the two things that I must acknowledge? Wow, hands are jumping up all over the place. Go ahead, Landon. What is the first one? Yes, the value of a pure heart. Yes, thank you. Somebody give me number two, Rachel. There are villains that desire to destroy my heart. Good job, man. Y'all are on top of it. We talked about this then. Let's see how I may be pushing it here, but let's see if you can remember this. We talked about the heart. And everything came out. I gave you the illustration about your heart being something and this, something came out. Your heart's the center. And I said there's every such and such. I made an illustration about. Not like a tree, but we did talk about that. Yes, you're right. But not like a tree. Yes, it was a stream. Yes. Now, my heart is the body of water to which every stream of my life comes out of. So that's what we have. My heart, everything that comes out of my heart. Is my actions, my thoughts, and all those things. So I have to make sure a pure heart. And I still want to, as we move through this thing of technology, I want us to still understand there is value in a pure heart. So like I said, I want you to know it in your sleep that my heart, unadulterated, pure, has value in the sight of God. So I don't have to know about every sin. I don't have to know about everything that's against God. I don't. I just need to know God in his word. And when I know God in his word, I will be like that tree, like Lando saying, planted by the rivers of water. God's going to bring me what I need. So uh, there's value in a pure heart. And the second thing I want you to understand is that there are actual beings. The devil is real. Your flesh is real. The world is real that desire to destroy your life. So whenever you look at anything from Hollywood... I'm not going to say that there are not, you cannot watch a Hollywood movie that may be entertaining and be clean and everything like that. But I'm going to tell you, for the most part, 99.9% of the time, they're trying to push an agenda. The world is not our friend. The devil, 100% of the time, is trying to destroy you. And then your flesh, what you naturally desire, if not curved, Right now, I'm working on trying to eat less, work out more, and drink a lot of water. Those steps. I can tell you that my flesh's natural desire is not to sit at the table and drink a glass of water. It is to drink five glasses of sweet tea. But as I understand, my flesh naturally doesn't only wants what it wants. I'm naturally selfish. And so... When we look at technology, I have to look at what my flesh naturally desires. What Aaron Burden wants is not always the best for me. And so I have to remember the value of your heart. There are actual villains trying to destroy my life. So we go into today. We go a little further in Solomon's writing here in Proverbs. Verse 424. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. The word put away means this. Depart to turn away. To depart, to turn away. If you're looking, and just for for those of you who desire to be Bible students, Job one eight and Job two three, where the Bible says that Job eschewed evil 
When God said, hey, have you considered my servant Job, who is perfect and upright and escheweth evil? Though that word, eschew, is the same way, word here for put away. So what God was saying with Job was, Job was a man who was characterized by putting away evil out of his life. He was not perfect, as when we'd say perfect, he never sinned, but he tried his hardest to push away, to put out sin in his life. And so this is what we're trying to do today. Put away from the afforded mouth. So put away, depart, turn away. The forward, it means not willing to yield or comply with what is, com- what is required. Unyielding. I believe that's your blank, unyielding, ungovernable. Forward is not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable. And then the word perverse means to turn aside, distorted from the right. To turn aside, distorted from the right. And I know for right, I gave you a tiny blank. Rachel has already told me about how small my blanks are and that I need to remedy that. So we'll we'll start working on that. I just didn't want... They have to change my font size because, sorry, being a font nerd, I was like, it's perfect just the way it is. Exactly. Exactly. It's not all uniform, but we're working on that. We're working on that. So two things I must determine. So we're looking at last week we looked at our heart. This week we're going to look at our mouth. When we think about technology, the I would say probably for the most part, when we think of technology, I know that Andrew said last week technology can be shoes and he is right. But when we think about the word technology, usually what we use it for is communication. Most of our advances in technology is so we can communicate a little easier. The cell phone. I remember back in the day when my dad brought, got, had his first bag phone. And the, the phone was in a bag, and you picked it up, and there was like a big dial on the back. And we thought it was awesome because it plugged into the cigarette lighter, and you could drive down the road and make a phone call in the car. I remember like making phone calls to people. Yes! Right now, I'm in the car, like driving down the road, and I'm calling you. This is awesome. And I remember thinking that we thought that was so great to have that. Well, of course, now you look, you guys don't even know what that day was, and you're like, wow, that sounds really stupid. You guys had no life. But that was the way it was. But when we look at technology, a lot of it is communication. Let me ask you this, just for, I guess, kicks and giggles, so to say. How many of you call, majority of your communication with other people is calling them? I'm talking about not, aside from face-to-face. Aside from face-to-face, the majority of you call people when you want to talk to them. Adam, Amari, how many of you text people that when you want to talk to them? How, what, how many of the majority of you say, the, outside of face-to-face interaction, if I want to get communicate something to someone, I just send them a text? How many of you, the majority of your thing is, I send them a Facebook message. If I'm going to communicate with you, I'm going to send you a Facebook message. It's okay, Jamie. It's okay. There's nothing. <laughs> Everyone acts like Facebook is some kind of carnal thing. It's not. It's just once again a means of communication. So whatever people act like, because people are, when I, um, I was talking the other day to someone, and they're like, well, I don't have Facebook. Like it's some kind of spiritual thing. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you're more spiritual because you don't have a Facebook or you do. So there's nothing wrong with it, and I'm not preaching against it. I'm just trying to, we're just trying to figure it out. The way we communicate is different than the way it used to be. It used to be, if you watched Andy Griffith, you'd see Andy pick up and talk to the uh, operator and say, get me so-and-so, and they would go through the little party line thing, and that's not the way we talk anymore. Hardly any of us, I'm going to tell you, for the most part, I do not prefer phone calls. To be perfectly honest, I really hate voicemail. When I walk into my office and that little green light is flashing on my phone, on my office, I'm like, oh. Because here's how people leave voicemails. Hey, Pastor Burton, when you get a chance, can you call me back right away? 
And it's like, oh, man, who died? Who what? And then I call them back and it's like, hey, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about this uh, color of this such and such. I'm like, you really like like left out this urgent voicemail like everyone was dying because you wanted to ask me the color of something. So I really don't care for voicemail. I would prefer someone text me and I can get back to them at my leisure. So, I mean, I'm just being honest. So that's the day we live in. But as we look at our communication as it comes to technology, we must go through the biblical principles. And here they are. Two things I must determine from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24. I will learn to discipline my speech. Two things I must determine. I will learn to discipline my speech. Whether communicating verbally or through technology, I should have control over what I say and how I respond. Whether communicating verbally or through technology, I should have control over what I say and how I respond. Can somebody get Colossians 1.17 and somebody get Ephesians 4.29? Colossians 1.17. Rachel? And then Ephesians 4.29, Jamie. Ephesians 4.29, Colossians 1.17. As we look at our speech, I will learn to discipline my speech. This is what happens, and it's a proven thing online. When someone sends someone a message and they do not talk to them face-to-face, you say and do things that you would never do to someone's face. It is a lot easier for me to see a text message that says, I hate you, than to look in somebody in the eye and look at the emotion on their face and say, I hate you. It is. And so when we communicate, and the way we communicate nowadays, it is a lot easier for us not to control our communication. It is easier... For me to talk about something inappropriate when I am typing it down than it is for me to say it when someone would hear it. This is why, I mean, we're not dumb, why a teenager would sit next to another teenager and text them instead of saying it out loud, even though they're sitting right beside each other. Because it's easier to do this and not be heard. I can say something that I would not let come out of my mouth, but I don't mind typing it and communicating that message to you the same way. And see, this is what we have to understand about technology. I have to learn to discipline my 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 mouth. So let's go. Colossians one seventeen. What is my speech supposed to be? Rachel, if you'll read that. And I gave you the wrong wrong <laughs> the wrong. <laughs> Whether or not in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. That's what uh, that's what that's the verse I was just going to have her read. And so I messed that up. I, it may be three seventeen. But, um, what'd you say? 317, yes. Go ahead and read 317. Don't worry about my mistakes. I am but human. Yes. So my speech must glorify God. My speech must glorify God. Let me ask you this. If you had... And once again, we go back to those proverbial stories about if God put everything you thought about on the week on the screen, would you be embarrassed? And I know that's like the proverbial thing here at every youth conference and whatever. But I'm asking you, if you had a transcript of everything you said and wrote down this week, could you hand it to God Almighty and get his approval on it? If the things that came out of your mouth this week, the things you wrote down to communicate to others, could you have it written out? Someone has already typed it out and they present it to God Almighty and lay it on God's desk, so to speak. And God looked through there and be able to put his stamp of approval and say, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you couldn't tell a joke or you couldn't be funny. I'm just saying 
Is it all appropriate? Does it bring honor and glory to God? And so this is what we have to think about. I have to learn to discipline my speech because we communicate in so many different ways. Some of us send text messages, some of us call on the phone, some of us do it every single way. No matter how I communicate with someone else, I has to bring honor and glory to God if I call myself a Christian. So number two, go ahead and read that, Jamie. Hopefully the reference is right. Yes, my speech should edify others, Ephesians 4.29. My speech should edify others. So not only should everything I say be able to get God's stamp of approval, every message I send, every text message I send should be able to be able to me to present that to God's desk and God say, yeah, there's no problem with saying that. There's no problem doing it. Not only that, but then it has to come under the fact of, does it build others up? Now, we live in this day where right now one of the hot-button topics is bullying. It's been, people have asked me before, are you teaching about bullying in youth group? Are you t- talking about bullying? This is very serious. And you know what? I believe bullying is very serious. I do not believe it as serious as some people make it, but I do believe it is serious. In our conversation, in our communication, whether technologically or face-to-face, do I talk that I build others up. There are certain people in the church that if you walk down and you see them coming down the hall, you know, even if you're having a bad day, they can make you smile. Mrs. Lonnie, everybody knows Mrs. Lonnie. You can have the worst day in the world. You don't want to talk to anybody. You Really, if somebody talks to you, you just want to punch them in the face. And Mrs. Lonnie can walk by and just say, hey, I love you. I've been thinking about you all this week, and she can do it. And you know what? Even as mad as you are at life. Good to see you too, Mrs. Lonnie. And it really genuinely will make you smile. Why? Because she has made it a point to build others up. So see, my, my speech is not just a do's and don'ts. It is not like, well, I can't say that because God will not be pleased. Well, I cannot do that because God will not be pleased. No, my speech does need to glorify God, but in the process, it needs to lift others up. Man, the online world, the technological world, is full of people that will pull you down, full of things that will pull you down. You guys have enough in your life to go negative. You have enough people in your life that are giving you a hard time. Wouldn't it be nice if all our communication builds you up? Hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you. What was the last time we sent a message like that? What was the last time I sent a text message to someone and said, hey, I just want to let you know I prayed for you. Hey, I just want to know I was thinking about you today, and I hope you do well. We don't, that's, that's far about I'm going to give them a hard time. Yeah, man, I can't believe she wore that today. I can't believe they did that. And we're good at that. As soon as we think it, we put it down and we go. But my communication should edify others. So glorify God, edify others. Number two, here's the other thing. I will learn to discipline my speech. And then number two, I must distance myself from speech that deviates from what is right. I must distance myself from speech that deviates from what is right. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. 1 Corinthians 15.33. If you do not know this verse by heart, you should quickly get there. 
Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Paul is talking here about false doctrine, almost like what we're talking about in Timothy on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights. False doctrine is going everywhere. People are saying, well, this is true. And other people are saying this is not true. And Paul's saying, hey, you have to distance yourself from people who are deviating from the truth. So he says this, be not deceived. Do not be mistaken. Evil communication corrupts good manners. He says, don't be deceived. Don't think that you're going to be the one who's going to buck the trend and everybody else is going to keep going, because, but you're going to make it because you are you. He says, be not deceived. So we go on. Evil communication means this, bad, harmful, or wicked communication. Bad, harmful, or wicked communication. Corrupt means to wither, to ruin. To wither, to ruin. And good manners is moral habits. So I don't need to be deceived. Evil communication, bad, harmful, or wicked communications are going to wither my moral habits. We look at our technological advances. Yes, they have changed since the days that my dad brought back his his first bag phone and we thought it was so awesome. But this is what has not changed. Be not deceived. Anytime you are around evil, bad, wicked conversation, it's going to wither good in your life. So here's where it is. Because some of you may today tell me, in all honesty, Pastor Burden, really, when it comes to my communication, the few text messages I send, the Facebook message I may send, the way I communicate, whether through picture or whatnot, really, honestly, they could be typed out and they could be proverbially said, proverbially sit on God's desk and God could look through what I said. And I don't believe he'd have a problem with any of the things I said because I'm trying to live my best for God. And that may be the case that I hope that that is. But if it is not, I mean, but if it is, this is what we have to move to. I have to distance myself from everything that's not. If something is not truth, if something is wrong, I have to distance it myself from it. Pastor Burton, I would never send a text message that had cursing or something inappropriate. I would never. But see, if I allow other people to send them to me, be not deceived, evil communication corrupts good manners. Pastor Burden, I would never, ever write that down. I would never type that into a computer. I would never even, I, I try not to even think like that, Pastor Burden. But guess what? If someone's sending it your way and you're not distancing yourself, then hey, evil communication corrupts good manners. After a while, it is going to wither away excuse me, it's going to wither away at the good that's there. And here's where we've got to think. And this is where we have to be. And that's why I told you guys, I think a couple weeks ago, that I wish there was a day where you would get to a certain age and you're just like, you did not have temptation. You did not have to be totally looking around all the time for what the devil's trying to throw at you. But like we talked about last week, the devil is actively trying to destroy our lives. And you know what? 
if I may not do something, I may not do that. I, I, you know what? I don't partake in that, Pastor Burton. But I don't distance myself from those who do. You know what? After a while, evil communications going to corrupt my good manner. Well, Pastor Burton, and I have, I, and I'm going to be right here with you. I'm just being transparent as I can be. I have friends on Facebook that are unsaved. I have friends on Facebook that I knew growing up, and they are so far away from God. But you know what? After a while, I got to the point where I was like, well, I don't want to click that button because I really do know them, and I don't really want to hurt their feelings. And you know what? I've come to the point now, one of my own cousins was posting things that were garbage. You know what? I don't care about you guys finding out because I can, I can explain it away. If someone went on my wall and they said, well, Pastor Burton, you said, no, that's my cousin. He's not saved. I can explain it away, and I don't care what other people think about it. But what I do think about is, I can't have those things in my life. I can't have those things going through my mind. And so I did, unfriended. Because I don't need it. Because be not deceived. Don't think you'll be the only one that it doesn't happen to. If I do have the right testimony, and I am trying to do what is right in the technology way and communicating. If I do not distance myself from those who are not, and I'm, once again, I'm not talking about being, hob, I mean, being snobby and everything else. Well, I am holier than thou, and because I go to Trinity Baptist Church, I don't partake in those kind of things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in order to protect my life from what the devil has for me, I got to distance myself. And right now, I would hope, I would hope, I would hope that most of you in a face-to-face conversation, if someone started using profanity, if someone started talking about things that were so off color, if someone started talking bad about someone, I hope it would be characteristic of our youth group that you guys would have enough spiritual gumption, so to speak, to look them in the face and say, hey, I don't do that kind of thing. I'm going to have to walk away from this. I would hope that would be the case of how we would be characterized. I want that to be how I'm characterized. But you know, even farther than a face-to-face conversation, I have to be able to, everything that comes through my computer, Everything that comes through my phone, everything that comes through my email, I have to make sure. Is the devil using someone else's communication as that Trojan horse we talked about last week to roll into my life so that he can take over? Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Don't think you'll get away with it. Evil communication corrupts good manner. So in the way I communicate and the way others communicate to me, I have to watch that. Let's pray. Dear only Father, God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your love. Lord, I thank you so much for the good things that you've done in our lives. And God, as we move forward, Lord, as our, in our teen and technology series, Lord, I ask you to please help us understand, Lord, the way we communicate, Lord, the way other people communicate to us is, Lord, we're responsible for it. And God, I ask you to please convict us in our heart, Lord, when we send things that we ought to, or Lord, when we receive things and we're not actively trying to prevent things in our lives. Because God, the devil so badly wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy me. He wants to destroy all our young people. And so, Lord, would you please help us in this area? And Lord, we'll thank you. We want to give you the honor of the Lord for everything that you'll do. In Jesus' name, amen.